At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. It's season one, episode 144, Paul Stone's Swiss Army Knife. My partner, Amal Shaw, is out for the remainder of the week. We're going to do a special college football preview today. We're going to feature three of the writers from VEASAN's College Football Guide. In just five minutes, we'll have Paul Stone from Paul Stone Sports on to talk about the five teams to bet on and the five teams to bet against this year in college football. In about 30 minutes, we're going to have Aaron Moore, who's going to dissect the Heisman race, and who are good pre-flop bets before the season starts. And then in 45 minutes, Steve Mackinnon, that man that puts point spread weekly together in all these betting guides, he's going to talk about a lot of trends and what to look for in college football betting this season. I want to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball. It was a short slate that was shortened even more last night by a rainout at Wrigley Field. They're going to have a doubleheader with the Brewers today starting in just about 20 minutes. But we did have four other games on the card, and the first game that went off was in Cleveland, Ohio, where the Cincinnati Reds saw their five-game winning streak end. I was on the wrong side of that as I had Louis Castillo parlayed with Freddie Peralta. That did not go well. This was the Louis Castillo that we saw back in April last night. Three and one-third innings, seven hits, three walks, and eight earned. The Reds get routed by the Indians, who threw a bullpen game. Final score, 9-3. Was able to get some of my money back, middling, uh, middling the game there late. I had... Uh, minus six and a half with the uh, Indians, plus six and a half with the Reds. So covered that with the run in the in the last inning. Picked up a little bit, but not quite the whole parlay price back. Lucas Giolito was the good Lucas Giolito last night in the Twin Cities. Almost unhittable. Eight innings, two hits, one earned run as the White Sox jumped on the Twins early and won that game 11-1 to to extend their lead in the American League Central. Interesting game in Kansas City. I know Jason Weingarten was on a numbers game with our friend Gil Alexander, who made a guest appearance on this show to talk about the inappropriately inappropriately named Survivor Contest. Jason gave out the Yankees and Royals over 10 yesterday. This game was scoreless after six innings. Final score, Yankees 8, Royals 6, 10 innings, 11 innings, excuse me. This was the first game in Major League history. First game in Major League history where both teams scored in the seventh inning, the eighth inning, the ninth inning, and the tenth inning. 
First time in Major League history. Stunning. I think this ghost runner on second to start the innings, which will go away next year, has really skewed the way games are played in Major League Baseball, and it's really skewed betting markets. Very tough to bet full game totals if you like unders. How'd you like to have under 10? As Greg Peterson, our own Hoops Peterson, wrote up for the New York Post, under 10, what a vicious bad beat. In fact, he was one strike away in the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees leading 3-2 of winning that game rather easily. But the Royals tied it. They go to 10, they go to 11, and the Yankees come away victorious 8-6. to six. And then at Petco last night, Joe Musgrove solid again against the Marlins, who have sort of packed it in. He went six strong innings, only gave up one run. He left the game leading 4-1. Emilio Pagan made it interesting in the top of the eighth, giving up two runs, 4-3. to three. But then the Padres exploded with a four spot of their own in the bottom of the eighth. They win that game 8-3. to three. Bit of a tough beat if you had under 7.5 like Brady Cannon. He was on Joe Musgrove. A lot of people had Musgrove on the run line. So if you parlayed Musgrove on the run line uh, with Giolito on the run line, you came away okay last night. One game of particular interest in baseball tonight, and what a great series this is going to be. The Los Angeles Dodgers invade Philadelphia to take on the Phillies, who are on an eight-game winning streak. And the opener tonight, what a pitching matchup it is. Max Scherzer, newly acquired from the Washington Nationals, Starts for the Dodgers against Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Dodgers lucky. Zach Wheeler throws the two-hitter on Sunday, so they don't have to see Wheeler in this three-game set. $1.60 tonight on Scherzer against the Phillies. What a price. You're not going to get Aaron Nola at home plus $1.40 too often. But if you look at the numbers, Scherzer has pitched a lot against the Phillies. Why? Because he was with the Nationals, and they were in division. Last year, they only played in division, but division rivals... He faced him three times this year as a member of the Nationals. Six innings, one earned. Seven and two-thirds, one earned. And five innings, one earned. So 18 and two-thirds innings for Max Scherzer this year against the Phillies. Only giving up three earned runs. That's an ERA of less than one and a half. Total on this night, tonight's game might be of interest. Eight and a half for the game. Four and a half for the first five. If you don't want to go against Scherzer or against Nola, you might want to think about playing the under. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. I'm all Shaw out this week. We have a special college football preview, and we're going to start it off with the voice of college football here at VEASAN, our own Paul Stone. Good morning, Paul. Mike, uh, great to be with you, uh, getting close to college football. I think we're 18 days from our first uh, games on the 28th of August, so this is a great time of the year for those of us who love football. It's, it's exciting. I know Steve Mackinan wrote in his forward to the betting guide that this might be the most anticipated college football season in some time especially since last year, we had all the strange surroundings, no out-of-conference games, empty stadiums, so many teams with COVID issues. For you, was last year the most difficult year to handicap this sport? You know, all in all, you know, I had another good year. It was pretty much on par with the previous four, but certainly from a standpoint of just all the variables and uh, the preparation. I mean, you know, you had so much uncertainty and games getting rescheduled and games getting canceled and, uh, you know, just the personnel issues and all that. I mean, it was very unusual, and I just hope we can have a more normal 2021 college football season because that, uh, you know, it's a difficult uh, enough process when you're thoroughly handicapping football games without without the, uh, you know, the extraneous issues that were brought on by the COVID uh, virus. So hopefully it won't be as much of an issue this year and we can enjoy a lot of games with uh, a lot of fans in the stands. Paul, you wrote a great article for for the College Football Betting Guide. Five teams to fade and five teams to back this year. Let's start out with the teams to fade. I want you to give a general capsule of why you think that they are maybe overvalued in the market right now, and then we'll take a look at their week one game or their first game that they play. I don't think any of these teams play in week zero. They're all week one, and for those that face a Division one opponent, we do have a betting line out on it. Let's start with Auburn. I know you're not big on the Brian Harson hire. He, of course, comes from Boise State, spent most of his career west of the Rockies, and now he's brought into the Plains to try to revive that program. They do have a difficult schedule this year, Paul. Yeah, they do. I think I've seen one uh, schedule ranking uh, system that has their schedule ranked as the second most difficult in all of college football. Uh, they're just 9-9, nine and nine are the Tigers, in their last 18 games against FBS opponents. All but one of the nine teams that they've defeated ended the year with a losing record. So they just hadn't been all that good their last 18 games. 
Um, you got a new coach in Brian Harson, uh, as you mentioned, spent most of his career as a player and a coach west of the Rockies. I, I just think it's a it's a curious hire. I think Boise's program has is slightly declined or did slightly uh, decline under Harson's leadership. So I was a little bit perplexed by the hire. Uh, Bo Nix, you know, their quarterback was a five-star recruit out of Pinson Valley High School there in Alabama, and I don't think he's lived up to uh, those expectations to point. They've lost a lot of – they don't have quite the the level of talent, I think, that they've had in recent seasons. Uh, lost Big Cat Bryant, one of their better defensive players, to the transfer portal. He's now at UCF with uh, Gus Malzahn, the former coach there at Auburn. So I just don't see this Auburn team as uh, being a team that you'd want to – play on in 2021 in fact i think they're a play against team let's talk specifically about their opening week matchup september 4th saturday they host akron in their opener they are laying 37 to akron do you have an opinion on this game you know mike i really don't i mean you know akron is really bad we all know that (laughs) they're they're 129 130 out of 130 in the fbs they're one in 22 their last 23 games um nothing to really stands out to make you think they're going to be any better this year uh, with the first-year head coach there at Auburn again in Brian Harson, I'm not interested in, you know, laying 37 points. If I was going to do anything with this game, I might look more at the first half, which would probably be, I guess, roughly around 20 points. Hadn't thought about it much, but that might be, uh, you know, if I was going to get involved, I would take maybe Auburn in the first half, but I would avoid the zips uh, at all costs until we see something a little bit different. All right, maybe I could tickle your fancy with this one. Let's fast forward two weeks to September 18th when the Tigers travel to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Some books has listed this as a game of the year, and Penn State currently a touchdown favorite in this game. I'll tell you, and, you know, I, I say Auburn's a play against team, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to go against the grain here because Auburn is a team that I took on the games of the year at plus seven and a half. And that's more of a reflection. Penn State uh, narrowly missed making my go-against list. And uh, even though, you know, Auburn is not a team that I uh, am high on this season, uh, Penn State's not a team I want to lay seven and a half points uh, with against an SEC West team. You know, they've got a quarterback of their own, Sean Clifford, who's been a a middler at best. Uh, they had a uh, difficult year last year, starting out 0-5 before they won their final four to end up 4-5. and And I just uh, I think a touchdown is a little bit too much. You know, Auburn's still in the SEC West. They still have a talent level that I think's close to being on par with Penn State this year. So I actually uh, took the points with Auburn in that particular game. Well, I'll give old Uncle Gussie credit for scheduling a true road game in Happy Valley there. That's good to see an SEC school going to campus in the Big Ten. So credit for that. We're talking with Paul Stone at Paul Stone Sports on Twitter from Tyler, Texas. Paul, let's stay in the SEC West. Another team to fade, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They host Rice from your home state of Texas in week one on September 4th. They're laying 20 in this spot. Yeah, you know, Arkansas is a team last year that uh, they went 3-7, and seven, and I thought uh, – Sam Pittman, he did as good of a job as anybody, you know, really in, in college football. Uh, you know, they, they kept a lot of games close. They uh, were very, very competitive. But if you take a closer look at this team, even though they do return a lot of people, they weren't very good defensively last year. They gave up an average of 35 points per game. Uh, three of their last four po- opponents scored 50 points or more against Arkansas. Their quarterback, who really played well last year, was a single-season guy. Uh, grad transfer Felipe Franks, who came over from Florida. And now their new guy, the guy who's first in line to succeed Franks, K.J. Jefferson, not really a polished passer at this point, considered more of an athlete probably than a quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit here with Arkansas. Uh, Pittman's trying to take that next step from three wins to four, five, or six wins. And I think that's a difficult uh, difficult climb. And I, I think Arkansas is a team that some people might have overvalued. So I think they're a bet against team uh, entering 2021. Week two, your Texas Longhorns go to Razorback Stadium. What do you think the number will be on that game? You know, it, it's a game of the year as well. And you're seeing, you know, anywhere from, from three and a half to four and a half Texas favored uh, there in Fayetteville. That's going to be a very interesting game. Texas has a, uh, a nice... Uh, Daily double to open the season, if you will. They host uh, Louisiana 
uh, Lafayette team that's uh, ranked in the AP preseason poll, which came out today for the first time in program history. And that's a veteran team in Louisiana. They'll be playing them there in Austin. And then the next week they travel to Fayetteville, and uh, Fayetteville will be rocking there. Arkansas, as much as most schools hate the University of Texas, nobody hates Texas more than Arkansas. That's going to be a tough situation for uh, Steve Sarkeesian. I think he'll be – you know, uh, one and one might be uh, doing well against those first two uh, first two opponents. So that's going to be a great uh, a great game there in week two. Let's talk about one more team that you have to fade. A team that did very well last year has high hopes for this year. That's the University of Indiana. Big Ten opens with conference games this year, and they have a tough place to go to go to Kinnick on Saturday, September fourth. They're going to be catching five from the Hawkeyes. Yeah, this Indiana team, you know, it's a team last year that, uh, you know, that played quite well. I, I still don't think that Michael Penix Jr. Uh, got in in the opener against Penn State on the two-point conversion, uh, but that was a victory for the Hoosiers nonetheless. But, uh, again, this Indiana team that last year they won three games outright is the betting underdog. They were plus eight in the turnover category in just an eight-game season. And those type of things tend to regress to the mean, you know, in following years. Plus, Indiana, again, they're ranked in the the preseason poll. I think they're ranked number 17 in the poll that came out today. They are ranked in that poll preseason for the first time since 1969. So now they become the hunted, no longer the hunter. I'm seeing Iowa in some places right now four and a half, but if it gets down to four, I think the Hawkeyes are uh, worth a look. A lot of people are going to be on Indiana this season. I'm going to be looking for opportunities perhaps to fade the Hoosiers. We're talking with Paul Stone. He's done such a terrific job on Follow the Money with Mitch and Paul the last several seasons handicapping college football and flies out here to bet the Circa openers many weeks during the college season. Paul, let's stop being so negative. Let's switch over to the team's to back. And I want to start with UTSA, who plays a tough schedule and goes to Big Ten to Champaign to play Illinois in week one. They're going to get seven on the road here. Yeah, this is a a Texas San Antonio team that won seven games last year under first-year head coach Jeff Trailer, one of the more experienced teams uh, in the country. They've got, I think they claim over uh, 70 uh, lettermen. Uh, they've got 21, I think, a possible 22 returning starters. And this Illinois game is really a big one for uh, UTSA. They not only traveled to Illinois in their opener, but they also play at Memphis, I believe, later in the month of September. So if they could win either of those games, that would be a big boost for the Roadrunners uh, program. Uh, this is a game that Chris Andrews put up on his games of the year down at the South Point uh, back in uh, late May. And this was a game that I did take. I played uh, Texas San Antonio plus seven and a half. It actually wasn't a game of the year. It was when he put the, the week one lines up, actually. But I did, nonetheless, take Texas San Antonio plus seven and a half. That no longer available. Still just a little bit of seven out there. Uh, you're seeing six and a half in some places. I think UTSA is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be pumped for this uh, for this game, getting to play a Big Ten opponent. The fighting, fighting a line now, they do have the advantage of opening the week before. They host Nebraska in their season opener on August 28th. They have a road trip after UTSA uh, waiting on deck to Virginia, so maybe a little bit of a sandwich spot for Illinois. I think UTSA is the more motivated team here, and I like that veteran team in running back Sincere McCormick plus the points over Illinois. Do you think a money line play on UTSA or a portion of your bet is warranted here? You know, I think that's that's a good strategy. You know, I, I, I'm a pretty conservative type guy, Mike, when it comes to those types of things. But I'm, I think you might put, you know, 75 or 80 percent uh, on the uh, plus the points uh, on the side bet, and then maybe sprinkle a little on the money line because I think this is a game definitely uh, that they have an opportunity to win. You know, Brett Bielema's first game at Illinois, he left the top of the Big Ten West in Wisconsin to go to Arkansas for what he thought was a better job. That didn't work out. And now he comes back to the Big Ten West on the bottom of it. Another team you have to back this year is UNR, Nevada, Reno. They open at Pac-12 California, and they're getting three and a half in this spot. Yeah, this Nevada team, I tell you, and first of all, the game that you referenced, uh, Nevada going to Berkeley to play Cal, that's one of my more personally more highly anticipated games on the entire board during uh, week one. It's I think the line's... You know, right uh, where it should be, a Cal minus three and a half. 
Uh, I've made it clear uh, so far um, on VCN and other media appearances that I really like this Nevada team. I think they're the best offensive team in the Mountain West. You've got a quarterback in Carson Strong, who's the reigning Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. He's got a great one-two receiving duo and Romeo Dubs, who had 1,000 yards receiving last year. And then Elijah Cooks, who was injured most of last season, but in 2019 had over 900 yards receiving. So I think Nevada's going to score points uh, in bunches, really like their offense. I'd like to see this game go to four. You might kind of wait and see if that happens. Uh, But I think the Wolfpack uh, are worth perhaps a look here as the underdog over the Cal Golden Bears. Let's talk about one more school, this time in the SEC East. Tennessee, maybe no team more affected by the transfer portal than all the defections out of Knoxville. Uh, they're lucky they're not in the SEC West, or I think they'd really take their pounding. They are in the SECs, maybe some opportunities for some victories there. They open at home against Bowling Green, laying a big number, 33-and-a-half. Yeah, I tell you, this Tennessee team, they've lost reportedly, or had enter at least 25 players enter the transfer portal. And unlike a lot of teams, Mike, a lot of teams have players enter the transfer portal and ultimately leave the program. But a lot of times those players are backups, and certainly many of these for Tennessee were as well, but they lost some of their very best progr- uh, players in the whole program. I mean, they lost uh, linebacker uh, Henry Toa Toa uh, to Alabama, who's going to be immediate starter and possible star for the Crimson Tide. Uh, they lost both of their top running backs, Eric Gray to Oklahoma, lost Ty Chandler to North Carolina. Uh, they've got an NCAA investigation. Uh, hovering around the program, had an offensive lineman injured uh, within the last five days who was going to be a contributor. So they've had all kind of, you know, kinds of things go wrong there. I think it's going to be a really tough job, not only this season, but in the next two or three seasons for Josh Hopple there, their new coach. Uh, you look at this opener, Bowling Green, uh, going to Knoxville to play Tennessee. This Bowling Green team, along with Akron, really, really bad football teams. Uh, you look at Bowling Green dating back to late in 2019. They've lost their last eight games by an average of over 36 points a game. Uh, they don't score much. Again, not much reason to believe they're going to be any better this year. But with Tennessee, again, laying 33 or so points, uh, I, I just can't really uh, see laying that kind of points with Tennessee, even against a team uh, as uh, decimated as Bowling Green. So this will be a game that I'll probably, you know, wait and see, see what happens, watch with interest, but probably not have any skin in the game. Paul, we got about 40 seconds left. Did you bet any college football win totals? And if you did, what was your favorite bet this year? You know, I played uh, Tennessee under six was certainly uh, one of my favorites. I played Colorado, which is also listed uh, as one of my bet against teams in the, in the article uh, in the college preseason uh, issue there. Played them under four and a half. Played Nevada, uh, aforementioned Nevada, over seven and a half. Uh, so those are uh, a few of my, I know I've made a couple other plays, but right off the top of the head, my head, uh, those are some of my, my favorites, certainly. Paul, really appreciate the time and look forward to spending some time with you at Circa here during the college football season. Well, I'm going to be out there uh, Labor Day weekend, Mike. Hopefully y'all have a, a seat saved for me and you'll let me hang around you a little bit because it's always good, you know, hearing your, your jokes and your spirit and just uh, the stories that you tell because you're you know you're a you're a jack of all trades kind of like a swiss army knife you do it all thank you paul up next the palm reader playbook at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now that the NFL preseason is kicked off, it's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide is only $20, and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and the college guide. Reserve your copy, or let's just be frank here sign up for the VSIN All Access Package. It's like $20 a month, you get everything on demand shows, all the podcasts. All the tools on the network. You can listen whenever you want. You get the guides point spread weekly every week. Come on. It doesn't even make sense. Just go to vcin.com slash subscribe and sign up now. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. We're broadcasting here from downtown Las Vegas, the beautiful Circus Studio. Uh, you see the backdrop of the Circus Sportsbook right behind me. Terrific college football show. Paul Stone was great, giving his teams to fade and teams to back this year. We're going to talk Heisman race with Aaron Moore. The professor, in about 10 minutes, he's going to join the program, and we'll close with Steve Mackinan. Give us some trends to watch for in college football this year. Let's try to bounce back with the playbook today. No good. Louis Castillo was awful last night, so that sunk the parlay. Uh, and then uh, the, the, I was right. Boa Vista was not going to score against Gil Vicente. I guess I should have just laid the 180 with Gil Vicente because they scored three times, so we didn't get there on the under two and a half. I'm going to come back with a, a Europa qualifier game today. Uh, Dynamo Zagreb. This time it's the second leg. It moves from um, Croatia to Poland. They're taking on Liga Warsaw. Liga Warsaw scored scored very late at the end of leg one for that final to be 1-1. This game goes at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern time. I'm going to go under 2.5 again. It was one, I believe, 
135 last week. It's 140 this week. This is a two-unit play here. I look for Zagreb here to win this game. one nothing final. Perhaps 0-0 and go to extra time uh, to decide it who advances. I didn't get to use the Brewers and Peralta last night. It's a good thing because Castillo was so bad. I'm coming back with them. This game just started. Uh, they're going to the bottom of the first here against the Cubs. This is a seven-inning doubleheader at Wrigley today because of the rain out last night. I'm going to lay the run and a half here, minus 115. If you wanted to take Peralta um, straight up, round $1.85, $1.90. You could probably get them cheaper now since they didn't score in the top of the first 160. This game was listed by Bill 80. And another thing about if you have the Visa and All Access package, you get the members-only email every morning between 9 and 9.30 Pacific time. That gives you every host best bet for the day as well as all the guests on the show as well. You get several updates on the weekend. I'm going to fade the Orioles and Aiken here. Uh, I'll take the Tigers on the road with Casey Mize. Uh, this is minus 120 here straight up on the money line. And then let's finish off with another run line play. The Mariners and Gilbert, who's just been terrific this year against the Rangers. The Rangers have probably been the best fade team since the All-Star break. I know the Cubs sold off. I know the Nats sold off. But the Rangers have just been absolutely listless for over three weeks now. Mariners at home in this spot. Rangers just got swept by Oakland on the coast. Gilbert's been terrific this year. If you get a chance to watch this kid pitch, he's like 6'6", 6'7". If he can start locating his breaking ball, he's going to be very tough. This is a guy to watch. I think he has Cy Young potential. He spots the ball at 96, 97. He's got an excellent changeup. He just needs to get command on this slider. When he gets command on this slider, I think he's a top-tier pitcher in the American League. They're 220 tonight against the Rangers. I don't want to lay that. I'm going to play the run line here, minus one and a half, uh, and, and lay the 105 in this spot. A couple of other games tonight on the Major League Baseball slate. Important series uh, continue. Uh, Blue Jays, here's an important series in the race for the MVP in the American League. You have Vladimir Guerrero on one side and the Angels' Shohei Otani, who right now is up to a dollar, uh, excuse me, $6, $7 favorite in some markets. Other markets, he's still minus $250, minus $3. If they shut him down and he only pitches the rest of the year, does Vlad Guerrero have a chance to pass him up? It's a two-horse race, that's for sure, in the American League, if you've made these future tickets. You can still get close to $2 on Vlad Guerrero in some spots. If Otani is only going to pitch, he will pass him in the home run race. How much he passes him, I don't know. They're going to be playing in Toronto. Uh, at the Rogers Center the rest of the year, if that'll be an advantage as far as hitting home runs. These two teams play a seven-inning doubleheader today as well, um, starting with the first game at 3 o'clock Pacific. Uh, that is, um, excuse me, uh, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern for the first game here between the Angels and the Blue Jays. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the Heisman Trophy race. A terrific writer and contributor to VEASAN, Professor Aaron Moore. He dissects which favorites are worth looking at and also which long shots are worth looking at in the Heisman race, as well as if you want to bet a particular player, should you do it now or should you wait to a certain key game during the season? That's up next on The Nuts. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. We're going to continue our college football preview and this time focus on the Heisman Trophy race. And nobody better to bring in than Professor Aaron Moore. He wrote a terrific article in our college football guide for VEASAN, a professor of sports media at Ryder University. Good afternoon, Professor Moore. Thank you, Mike. This is the uh, professor and the maestro <laughs> going at it right now. Very good. Now, you started off with your article with a question about how name, image, and likeness might affect a Heisman race this year. Explain. Well, it's a variable. If we're looking at the marketplace, the Heisman, very obviously very subjective. 
you have voters voting based on certain criteria that might interest them, that might not be what everybody else would agree with. And now we have the name, image, and likeness. You have college students being first and for, uh, foremost in front of the media. They are becoming image sellers. They're becoming people who can promote products. That's so much different than what it used to be in the past. And now they're really going out of their way for that media attention. It's no longer the journalism side driving attention. It's the player side. And I'm interested to see how the, how the reporters or in this, the voters react. Let's stick with the, the fact that this is a voted on award and talk about candidates coming from SEC schools. Do you think that they are facing an uphill battle because of the resentment of the way the SEC is forming this super conference and possibly breaking up other conferences like the Big 12? I do think it's a variable that we all have to be aware of. We talk about it all the time. The landscape of college football is changing. The power conferences are getting bigger. Everybody else is trying to play catch up. And it's an industry, the college football media industry that goes along with the football side is based on this attention. It's based on national uh, media coverage. So if one conference is essentially moving past everybody else, they're saying goodbye, we're over here, everybody else move away, there is a possibility journalists, the voters, could um, almost feel betrayed by the SEC, that it's ruining what they've been doing for the last 50, 60, 70 years, and there might be a resentment towards the SEC because, like it or not, the SEC is altering the industry, and we have to see how the voters, the journalists, the media members respond to this change. We're talking with Professor Aaron Moore. You can find him on Twitter at Pub Relation Prop. Terrific basketball mind as well. He's talking about the Heisman Trophy race. Let's get into some specific candidates you talked about. Iowa State, near and dear to my heart. I used to teach school in Boone, Iowa, just down the road from Ames. Brees Hall, which you could find at 60 to 1, 40 to 1 in some markets, is a candidate you think is worth a pre flop bet. Absolutely. And the key here, Mike, is the pre flop. We're before the season starts. If you can get Brees Hall in the 60 range, even now a little bit more uh, coming back to the pack in the 40 range, that's someone what I think with those odds you can build your futures portfolio with. There is a player, and, and, and he has the equity that I think is very important to look at. He's the leading returning vote getter. So he moved up the pecking order last year. He got the attention. Now it's no longer this guy, wait, Iowa State, where is that? Who is this team? I've never heard of this guy. To now, Brees Hall is a legitimate candidate in a legitimate program seen nationally. And those are pretty good odds. So you get the player and the odds. I think that's a great combination to start your futures portfolio with. Is a mountain for Brees Hall to climb, though, that his own teammate Brock Purdy is a top 15 candidate? Absolutely. So you're going to see those candidates, multiple candidates on power conference teams, on your Alabamas, your Ohio States, your Clemsons. You're going to see that, and that hurts them. So it's certainly going to impact Brees Hall with Iowa State because there's just not a big enough pie to cut up if it relates to the Cyclones. So it will impact him. And there's a lot of things going against Brees Hall playing for Iowa State. Certainly when you get Oklahoma, you get the Alabama players going to get obviously more attention. But I do think there are ways that Brees Hall can break through the pack. He is a running back in a QB-dominated market. He is that new story as we're always looking for a changing college football story to latch on to those narratives. So there's a way Brees Hall can separate from the pack. Obviously, Purdy is going to be an issue there. But I think with those odds and I think what Hall can offer as being a little bit different than a lot of the other candidates, it's worth a pre-flop take. I think it's important to note for those of you that have read, or if you haven't, please get this college football betting guide. Just sign up for the whole package. You get everything here at VEASAN. But what you're emphasizing, Professor, is the timing of these bets. You're not saying that there's only three people worth a bet, but there's some candidates that are only worth a bet after they've played a key game or right, right before it. And I think that's the important thing to think about here. I want to talk about yep. Keaton, Keaton Slovis, uh, quarterback at USC. You make a terrific point about the regionality of it. 
and having no other really top 20 candidates out in the West, he's going to get all the media attention in this quarter of the country. He's going to get that media attention, certainly west of the Mississippi. And here is someone that you look at from a media, from a marketing, from a communication standpoint. He is hopefully for the Pac-12, he's going to be the face of that program. He might, or excuse me, the face of that conference. He might even be the face of West Coast football. The Pac-12 with all the changes going on, new leadership, new uh, directives to get that conference more exposure in the east where there are more voters obviously they're central to those northeast cities that here is an opportunity for slovis to essentially get boosted by the conference everyone in the pac-12 is going to benefit if keenan slovis obviously has to play well that goes without saying but there's going to be a big boost for him on the marketing side which if you're backing Slovis, you hope that marketing boost leads to more votes. Maul and I had Rox- Roxy Bernstein on earlier, and I asked Roxy, if Oregon loses at the horseshoe and they're a double-digit dog, is the Pac-12 done with the, the uh, playoff contention? And he said no. He thought USC had a tough enough non-conference schedule that they're still a contender for the college football playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big stories this year, uh, Slovis is attached to it, is can the Pac-12 emerge? There, there's really a desire for everyone in college football to see that conference do well. And the, the teams have been overshadowed, but you have USC and you certainly have Oregon as well, along with Utah, which a lot of people are backing as well. Professor, it was certainly our pleasure to get to speak with you for the first time and look forward to talking to you again sometime in the near future. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Up next, we're going to have Steve Mackinnon, the man that puts Point Spread Weekly together every week and put this college football betting guide together. We'll talk about trends and big picture. That's next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthroughs. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. We're going to conclude our college football preview with Steve Mackinnon, the man that put our betting guide together and, of course, brings you Point Spread Weekly each and every Wednesday. Good afternoon, Steve. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, good afternoon, Mike. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I want to start out with your forward to the guide in which you said this could be a very interesting year in college football. The big schools, the top players, they got drafted. They're no longer there. But the extra year of eligibility due to covid we brought players back from some of these teams that weren't quite top tier for another year, and you think this might be the first year we see multiple new teams make the playoffs for the first time. When we look at the experts, the VEASAN experts' picks for who's going to make the playoffs, we see Cincinnati, USC, and Iowa State cracking the playoffs. Uh, really interesting season on deck. I agree completely, and I, I don't know if enough people are talking about this particular subject. Uh, to me, it's going to be extremely interesting to see uh, what weighs more, a you call it a fifth-year senior that may have been a, a three-star recruit or a uh, like a first-time player who's a, a five-star. What is, what is more important on the college football horizon? And I think, if anything, we could see a season where maybe we see a, more upsets than usual and, and teams that are maybe underdogs covering against these teams like in Alabama or a Clemson or a Florida or something like that. Steve, I want to talk about this week one, not week zero, but week one matchup between Clemson and Georgia in North Carolina. And my question is this, is the ACC strong enough that if Clemson loses this game, they can still get back into the playoff. We know for Georgia, if they lose, they win the SEC, they're in. But is the ACC strong enough? Is North Carolina strong enough? Is North Carolina State strong enough? Is Miami strong enough? Is Boston College strong enough to bio Clemson if they should happen to stumble in week one? Well, i tell you what, I certainly like what North Carolina has going for it. I had uh, Sam Howell rate as my top ACC quarterback for the season. He uh, he has uh, certainly taken that team to new heights the last couple of years, and I think Mac Brown may be in a position where he could be ready to, to win that conference, especially with a little bit less experienced Clemson team. And the thing that can happen early, you lose a game like that at Georgia, you, you got some negative momentum going, 
you have some instability as it is with less starters returning than most other schools. And these are the types of things could be the down seasons for some of these real, uh, real elite teams that we're used to seeing. You talk about in the, in some of the articles that you wrote here about stability and how stability is important to the success of a football team. Let's take a look at the opposite side of that. Where are there new coaches or coordinators that you think can make a positive difference in college football this season? Well, I think one of the, the situations that really kind of comes to mind is in the Sun Belt. Actually, there, there might be a couple there. Now, Louisiana Monroe was winless last season. Uh, their prop for this year set up at one and a half, I think, by DraftKings for uh, wins. They got a veteran coaching staff coming in there. Uh, Rich Rodriguez is going to be the new uh, offensive coordinator to Terry Bowden. Uh, they, Rodriguez's son, Rhett, is going to be the quarterback there. That's a program that you don't see that team with the one and two wins usually. They, in fact, I think over the last decade, they had only had one season where they had less than four wins. So that's not a team that typically has the zero win type of year like they did last year. And a lot of that can be attributed to what happened at COVID. Uh, another situation that I like in the Sunbelt is uh, South Alabama. Uh, Kane Womack, the defensive coordinator at Indiana, Indiana last season, comes over as a new head coach there. He also gets in Jake Bentley, uh, a former SEC quarterback, everybody knows, and he also played for Utah last year. He's going to be the starting quarterback there. That gives him immediate chance for a, for a nice improvement, especially in a league like the Sun Belt. You're there in Wisconsin in the heart of Big Ten West territory. Should be an interesting race. These conference games start in week one for the Big Ten the Badgers host Penn State, uh, Iowa hosts Indiana, a couple key matchups there. How do you see the Big Ten West race playing out? Yeah, I think you're going to have most of the usual suspects with Northwestern maybe taking a step back this year. Uh, Northwestern has the fewest returning starters this year. They had the best defense in the in the country. Uh, it was point for game-wise last year. I think they only bring back four guys and a new defensive coordinator there. So. I'm and a new quarterback, by the way. So I, I might be willing to cast them aside in, in terms of the race here. Uh, one thing I've learned about the Badgers being here in uh, near Madison uh, <laughs> over the last number of years is that when they are expected to be really good, they tend to falter a little bit. Uh, that's the case this year. So I'm a little concerned about that. However, uh, they have been recruiting a lot better uh, under Paul Christ these last few years. I think they're starting to become. Uh, a three-and-a-half star school instead of a three in terms of uh, the star ratings they're getting on these recruits. So uh, that could have a positive impact this year. they got a great quarterback, Graham Mertz, back. Looked like a potential Heisman winner first couple weeks of the season last year before he lost some of his weapons. I think Wisconsin's got to be the favorite there. Uh, I I think Nebraska has a chance to compete, and I think uh, Minnesota and I will be there as usual. I mentioned Iowa hosting Indiana. Indiana is a team last year that had a plus-eight turnover margin in just eight game played. So in terms of turnover luck, they were very fortunate. What's the trend for those teams that overperformed in terms of turnover luck in a previous season? Well, i tell you what, I'm gonna, I can share you a particular stat about Kentucky this season. That's one I really have my eye on because of the turnover luck. And uh, this is actually in a, a stat transition transition article that I wrote for the uh, for the guide this year. It says to that teams, uh, let me, Make sure I grab it here quick. None of the last 15 teams that have had a positive turnover differential of plus one or better and a point per game differential of less than plus 12 per game. So basically they sort of were getting, maybe if you want to call it getting lucky uh, to get that type of point differential. So uh, none of the last 15 teams came out with a better record the next season. So you, you need to watch those turnover differentials closely and uh, it typically leads to lesser results the next season. We're talking with Steve Mackinnon, the editor of Point Spread Weekly, the architect of our college football betting guide. Steve, I want to talk about a couple of teams that are returning a lot of players and what you think their potential is this year. Paul Stone thinks that the University of Nevada, Reno, has a chance to be an upset winner of the Mountain West. They're returning, they have a, a rating of 19 uh, returners. And then Liberty, as well as an independent, Hugh Freeze building that program quickly down there. Well, you're looking at two of the 
top returning quarterbacks, at least production-wise in the country, coming back to those two teams, Nevada and, and Liberty. Uh, I don't see any particular reason why either of those teams is not going to be uh, maybe even as good as last year. So Liberty had a huge season, what, 10 wins, 11 wins, just a single loss, had that big bowl win uh, over uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Carson Strong back for Nevada, I, I think he had a 27-4 touchdown interception ratio, so very efficient there getting it done. Uh, he has a good chance to probably be the uh, player of the year in that conference. And uh, when you got production like that, he's certainly looking for good things out of that team. We talked with Paul Stone, who wrote a great article at the start of the guide about the teams to fade and teams to back, about Tennessee and how the transfer portal is affecting teams. Tennessee, 25 players transferring out a mass defection from Knoxville. Do you see Tennessee as a team at the bottom of the SEC East, their win total at six this year? Uh, that's an interesting one because. Uh, I, I like the future for Tennessee with uh, Heifel as the uh, coach. I think they're going to have a, a pretty good offense over the years. They got some good transfer quarterbacks in uh, Milton from Michigan, uh, Hooker from Virginia Tech. So they have some talent there uh, at the quarterback position. It might with with all the other uh, departures, it's going to be tough to overcome that. However, if you look at the SEC East. Uh, I'm down in Kentucky. I just talked to them earlier, and I'm also down on South Carolina. I don't, I don't think there's much to look forward to for that season with, with Shane Beamer taking over there. So uh, Tennessee could win a couple games. I called out the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I think it's week two or three as what could be the influential game for their season and whether they're able to take over their season win total prop or not. Steve, let's close with this question. Outside of the usual suspects, Alabama. Georgia, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Oklahoma. What team do you think is most likely to crack the college football playoff this year? Well, I'll give you two. I, I like Cincinnati like a lot of these people are talking about. I, there's a very good chance that team goes undefeated. And uh, if we see a situation like I talked about where we get a couple teams, the usual suspects, maybe losing a game, possibly two, uh, how, do you beat, how do you take them over a, a undefeated Cincinnati team that uh, was probably going to have a massive point differential as well. Uh, the other teams, Iowa State, great talent back there offensively, and uh, they seem to be coming on further and further every year. Is this the year they, they finally get that Big 12 championship and then uh, maybe take that to the playoffs? Steve, thanks for taking some time away from the Brewer game to join us and give us some insights on the college football season. It takes a tremendous amount of work to put out point spread weekly every week, not to mention the betting guide, and we appreciate all that you do. I appreciate you having me on again, and good luck with that Brewers wager thing. <laughs> Thank you. We need a minus a run and a half. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate Paul Stone for taking the time and Professor Tom Moore in our, in our Heisman preview. Tomorrow, Chuck Esposito, longtime director of the sports book at Sunset Station and now the Red Rock Sports Director, joins the desk to co-host with me. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's Betting Across America. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.